Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder. I'm a senior director at CFGI, and this is the program where we dig deeper to understand what really matters most in business. Uh, I was recently talking with my guest uh, in preparation for this conversation, and he uh, advised me that the fear of public speaking is actually greater than the fear of death, which, as he says, means that most people would rather be in the casket than delivering the eulogy. If you're one of those people, you're going to want to stay tuned. Pleased to welcome Tyler Foley, who is the managing director of Total Buy-In and author of The Power to Speak Naked. Tyler, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Oh, thank you, David. It's an absolute joy to be here. That's my pleasure. Before we jump in, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are? Sure. So I am a former child actor. I started on stage when I was six years old. I uh, have been in film and television. I'm sure anybody who wants to do a quick IMDb search can find my credits. I've done some pretty fun things in my lifetime. And when you start young, you get to retire young. So at 25, after a 20-year career in film and television, I retired, took a sabbatical, went back to school, got an engineering discipline, started my own company doing aerial mapping and photography. We pivoted with that, went into interior mobile mapping. That business failed horribly. I then pivoted again to uh, becoming a safety consultant. And during my safety career, realized that communication is probably the most underestimated priority as far as skill set goes for most leadership. And a lot of people would ask me how it was that I was able to conduct effective and engaging meetings and, and what my secret sauce was. And it was really not that difficult. And so I started instructing executives and CEOs on how to give better presentations. And the next thing I know, I've gotten out of safety and I'm a full-time uh, speaker and trainer and author of the book. Awesome. Thank you. I'm going to give you a chance to humble brag, if you don't mind, just for a quick second. Why don't you drop a couple of names of some of the, uh, the things that folks may recognize you from so that they don't have to necessarily go do that IMDb search? Uh, sure. Uh, some of the more uh, prevalent titles that people would recognize, uh, likely Freddy versus Jason, Door-to-Door uh, -door with William H. Macy and uh, Dame Helen Mirren. Uh, the remake of Carrie for TV, uh, just to name a few. Gotcha. Cool. So I wanted to have you do that because I really wanted to set the frame that you are somebody, as you said, who's been in front of the camera. You, you speak for a living. And in the business world, in, in reality, everyday world, we're, we're always presenting, right? Whether we're doing a pitch to an investor, whether we're doing a presentation to the board, to your boss, it could be even just a toast at a wedding. We're always presenting. And as I mentioned at the opening, there are a lot of folks who are afraid of doing that. What's the psychology? Why, why are folks afraid to do that type of public speaking, Tyler? So the funny thing is, is it's a misdiagnosis uh, on our part internally claiming that we're afraid to public speak. The reality is we're not actually afraid of public speaking. If it, we were, we'd never be able to order food at a restaurant. And I just want your audience to think of when was the last time you were in a restaurant? Were you able to vocalize publicly a thing that you wanted off of the menu and then have that thing come to your table? Because if you could, you are able to speak in public and you weren't afraid to do it. The reality is, is we're actually afraid of public judgment. We're afraid that the things that we're going to say will not be received the way that we want them to or that people will judge us for the things that we say or how we say them. And so the first thing to tackle is that misnomer that we're afraid of public speaking. We are not. 
Stage fright is a real thing, comes from a fear of judgment. Fear of judgment is a real thing. But the majority, 77% of North Americans will claim to have this anxiety around public speaking. And if you dive into it, most of those people are able to order food in a restaurant. So they're actually afraid of public judgment. And that's what needs to be tackled. Well, that begs the question, then, how do we do that? Well, the first thing to understand is that the audience is on your side. Again, I would ask your audience to think back to the last presentation that they were at. And whether that was in a theater auditorium, boardroom, wherever that happened to be, when they saw a public presentation, even if they went to the movie theater to watch a show, did they go in thinking, man, I hope this sucks. This would be really good if this presenter forgot everything that they were saying, that they were unprepared and frankly didn't deliver any value to me. Hmm. It's not a thought that we have. But the reality is that's the story that we tell ourselves when we are getting ready to present, that the audience is going to judge us negatively, that they are, that we are going to screw up somehow, that uh, we're not uh, worthy enough to be presenting, which is the next mental block to overcome. If you were asked to present, you are the best choice. We don't pick second best. That's not how our society works. If I have asked you to give a presentation, it's because you are the expert. You are the best qualified person to come and give that information in that time period for what I need. So not only is the audience on your side, but you are the expert or you wouldn't have been asked. And if you arm yourself with that mindset, it's a lot easier to let go of that fear of judgment because now you know that if you are being judged, it's in a positive way. And all you need to do is fulfill the request so that you can serve your audience in the best way possible. And if you can focus on serving your audience as opposed to the very egocentric, how am I doing? What could I, you know, getting it out of the eye and projecting it to your audience. What can I do to serve? be of service? How can I make this more clear to them? Ask questions, include them in. It's so much easier to just absolve that fear of judgment. Yeah, and that has a lot of resonance. I think you hit it right in the head, right? It is about being judged. But what about in circumstances where maybe the stakes are just a little bit higher? Because I think I can wrap my head around the idea if, if we're presenting at a networking meeting and you're introducing yourself and who you are and what you do, for example, that's one level of presenting. But suppose the stakes are higher and you're doing a presentation to an investor. And you know, there, there really is judgment going on. Or maybe you're doing a presentation to your boss or the executive committee, what have you. Does that change the, the advice you might offer? No, actually it doesn't. And the funny thing is, is uh, you're in law, you understand. If you were to go to a, a trial and you know, opening arguments or closing, there, there are very high stakes involved with that. Uh, and uh, to your point, if you're discussing it with a boss or if you are in a pitch meeting, the key is the preparation. Do you know your material good enough that you can, A, not be locked to a script? Because that's where most people make the error. They try to memorize every word that they're going to say. And if they don't say the one word, it flusters them. When I do any presentation, I am never working off a script. You and I are talking right now. This is a presentation. 
I know my material inside and out, but I'm never going to present it the exact same way. And that's what anybody needs to uh, take into consideration when they're preparing. What you need to know is the flow of your presentation. I uh, compare it to going on a journey. If I wanted to go from where I am right now in Calgary, Alberta, and come down to Florida, if I lock myself onto a one-way ticket on a one-flight departure, I'm stuck on that road. And so, if the plane gets can, if the flight gets canceled or delayed, or if there is a mechanical failure with the plane or whatever, I can't get to Florida. But if I go, I know I need to get here. Let's see how we can do it. Maybe I rent a car. Maybe I take my own vehicle. Maybe I fly into Chicago and then drive down. Or maybe into New York and I take a nice tour down the coast. I have the ability to change my waypoints and my path to get to the end destination. And that's how you serve your audience best, particularly if you're doing a pitch. Uh, to an investor, or if you're discussing it with your boss, it gives you the ability to read their body language and change tactics if necessary, and you're not locked into this word-for-word -word scripting of your presentation. Yeah. One of the, um, the, the key buzzwords that we hear a lot in terms of being an effective presenter is the art of storytelling. Uh, yes. What does that mean to you, and, and is that really important? Well, Les Brown says it famously, you never, make, you never make a point without a story, and you never tell a story without a point. And what he means by that is story is universal. Story is what binds us together. For millennia, we have been passing down our histories through oral tradition. It's how we communicate. It's how we have a sense of understanding. Um, and when you effectively tell a story, it resonates with your audience. So there is a real power in telling a story. And one of the best stories that you can tell is your own personal story. Uh, again, I, I can't help but think of, of uh, in a law scenario, whenever you watched one of the Matlock episodes, right, he was down home and he would always say, I remember this time when I was doing this thing. And, you know, he would take the jury on a story that then ultimately tied back to his point. You know, this doesn't make sense because X, Y, Z. Or if you think about it critically, this is how it has to be. But he started with the story that encapsulated the point that he would tell. Now, granted, he's a fictional lawyer. This <laughs> definitely doesn't play out the right way in reality as far as trials go. But if you're presenting with your boss, if you are presenting to an investor, if, even if you're the boss presenting your ideas to your employees, personalizing that story makes it universal. It seems weird, but the more specific and the more personal you can make it, the more universal it resonates with your audience because they can see the world through your eyes. And that's something that I learned from Bo Eason a few years ago, and uh, it really, really has stuck. And I've looked for it anytime I'm studying presentations. And that's a great skill set to acquire. And for those who are watching and listening and want to learn more about how they can develop that skill and maybe work with you, Tyler, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? 
Best thing they can do is go to my website, which is seantylerfoley.com. And Sean is spelled the proper Irish way, S-E-A-N-T-Y-L-E-R-F-O-L-E-Y.com. And we have uh, uh, every resource available. You can email me, you can phone me, uh, connect with me on social media, download some of our free resources. Uh, all of that's available on the website. Awesome. Thank you. I think we only have a couple of more minutes to go here in this first segment, but I want to sneak in one more question, Tyler. And I, I noticed in, in some of the things that you've said and written about, you've mentioned that what you're afraid to say, your audience needs to hear. What does that mean? Well, again, when we talk about the power of story, a lot of people feel that if they um, discuss maybe a sensitive issue or something that uh, they're struggling with or, or really that they're coveting in their heart and are afraid to expose to the world, that's usually the thing that can have the most powerful impact on your audience because it makes you real, it makes you accessible, it provides empathy and sympathy. And if you have the ability to discuss some of these hard things, and, and this understand doesn't necessarily have to be with a very large audience. It could be of an audience of one. Oftentimes, we're afraid to say the things that need to be said to our spouses or our family, children, loved ones, one-on-one -on -one with employee situations, whether you're a subordinate or if you are in a leadership perspective. Having the ability to say the thing that you're afraid to say is one of the key components to true leadership. And coming out and either saying, this was a thing that I struggled with, but here's how I resolved it, or this is what I'm currently struggling with and I don't have a solution to it. Um, all of those things have real measurable impact. And it's important that we recognize that. Yeah, and I'm guessing that's what we, uh, we mean when you talk about the power to speak naked. It is very true, yes. Good. We're going to hit the pause button on that note. When we come back after this quick break, Tyler, we're going to dive into the book. So uh, we're going to take a break here, pay a few bills. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking about overcoming the fear of public speaking with Tyler Foley, who is the author of The Power to Speak Naked. And uh, for those of you who are watching, there's a good shot of the book on the screen. Uh, Tyler, let, let's talk about the book. Uh, what inspired you to write it, and, and what can we learn from reading it? Well, the book really came about from the initial training seminars that I was putting on, trying to really hone my messaging so that people had an, a take-home, uh, an easy-to-read, easy-to-digest, uh, simple guide to being a better public speaker. Because I've seen a lot of books on the shelf. I've read a lot of books on public speaking and presenting. And I find that some of them get really technical or the advice is very, very specific to an elite high-level uh, public speaker. And I wanted something that anybody could use. As we had mentioned, three quarters of North America have this uh, perceived fear of public speaking. And not a lot of them are going to speak at the high elite levels. They're not going to be the Brian Tracy's or the Tony Robbins or the Darren Hardy's of the world, but they still need this skill set. And so the book actually came about by taking transcriptions of the videos of the courses that I've done and creating that, uh, creating the text based around my voice. So one of the really neat things about the book is there is really no difference from coming to one of my live seminars and taking the book material. The only difference is access to me, but it's still in my voice and it still offers most of the information that we're going to present at uh, my workshops and my seminars and with the online training. And where can the audience get a copy of your book, Tyler? Well, the, my book is available pretty much anywhere um, in the world, in bookstores and in uh, online uh, retailers, but it won't be available until September 7th uh, through my publisher. But what I would encourage anybody to do is if they want to get a, a copy of my book, or even if they wanted to get a copy of your book, The New ROI, all of these titles are available on a wonderful website called bookshop.org. And I would encourage anybody, if you are an avid reader, Jeff Bezos has enough money. He's flying to space, all right? So we don't need to give him more money. But bookshop.org connects you online with your local book retailer. It'll take your postal code or your zip code into account, and it will find your closest local bookshop and retailer and when you purchase the book online, it's going to come through them. They're going to get the credit for the sale. And so we're helping small businesses by going there. You're helping mom and pop brick and mortar shops that are maybe struggling, uh, particularly in this current environment, because a lot of people have moved over to some of the more well-known online retailers that sell everything. But bookshop.org is specific to books. So if you're an avid reader, you want to get a copy of The Power to Speak Naked, you want to get a copy of the new ROI or whatever title you are looking for, I would encourage everybody to go over to bookshop.org and order all of your reading materials there because oftentimes you can find titles a little bit cheaper on the website and it's supporting local businesses. Yeah, good advice. Thank you for that. Let's jump into the book if you don't mind. Love to understand what 
specifically, maybe you could share with us some tips that you might have offered for speakers. And one of the things that I found was curious in, in the research that I've done, you mentioned that, it will, for, for, first of all, a lot of folks are told to overcome speaking fears. Don't visualize your audience, or they should visualize their audience as if they're naked, right? I'm really botching this one up. And you say, no, 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 don't, don't visualize your audience naked. Um, talk to me about that and then the power to speak naked. Sure. So. And the title actually came because I think that is the worst advice on the planet is to picture your audience naked or in their underwear or whatever it is. It's an unnecessary mental exercise that's going to disengage you and take you away from what you really need to be doing, which is focusing on your audience in a positive way and serving them by giving them the best material. And if you're already struggling with trying to memorize a script, which you shouldn't do, and trying to recall those words which is difficult, then further using up brain power to picture your audience naked is um, unnecessary and ineffective. So I would rather that anybody who's going to be doing a presentation, anybody who is public speaking, focus on their audience in a positive way. Remember, the audience is on your side and they want you to succeed. And the way that you will succeed is by helping them succeed. So engaging your audience. There's a really interesting statistic that was done that if you have a dialogue with your audience in that you include them in on the discussion, you solicit information from them, audience engagement is around 92%. But you have a monologue and all you are doing is regurgitating and spitting out words at them, their engagement is around 78%. So that 14% difference is very easy to overcome simply by asking your audience questions or including them in on the discussion, getting feedback from them. And one of the beautiful things about that is that it eases the burden on you to fill that entire time slot. Now you are able to customize and direct the content based on the questions or the feedback that you're receiving. It brings your audience in more and it gives you a chance to reset or analyze what is important and what needs to be delivered again i bring it back to that uh, travel analogy if i need to get to florida i just need to know where in florida i'm getting to and how i get my audience there along with me is entirely up to me i just need to get them there and sometimes that means that i have to uh, discard a stop that I wanted to do, maybe not tell a story that I had uh, available to me, and just move directly to the meat based on the feedback that I'm getting from my audience. So don't picture your audience naked. Spend most of your prep time, instead of memorizing word-for-word-for-word -for -word -for -word scripts, memorizing your content. Know what your messaging is. Know why this material is important to you and come up with stories around that to support that information. Right. So, Tyler, I, I imagine that your workshops are pretty popular and pretty engaging. For folks watching and listening, if they want to learn more about the workshops, how they can connect with you, how do they do that? Uh, all of our dates are going to be posted on SeanTylerFoley.com, so they can go to the website, reach out to us, get on the mailing list, uh, so that when we are coming to your area, we can. I know I'm currently um, trying to schedule a workshop for Dallas, Texas in the beginning of November. I know I'll be in Tennessee conducting one in April of next year. 
And we're starting to fill in those dates based on the demand. So if it's something that you want to do, particularly if you're a corporate client and you want me to bring in and uh, come and help your team, uh, we have a way of, of working with that too. So you don't have to come to the public workshop. We can come and put on a private workshop for you. And all of the information to connect with that is at SeanTylerFoley.com. Awesome. We have about three minutes, maybe two and a half to go here on the program, but I want to sneak in one last question because networking is something that uh, most of the folks in the audience uh, are doing, uh, whether it's going to events or doing one-on-one -on -one coffees or lunches or what have you. What's your best advice, Tyler, for how we can all do better networking? Uh, first of all, quit wasting your time introducing yourself. That's what they gave you the little name tag for. Um, and remember that most people, most people go to a networking event focused on client acquisition or somehow they're going to get business by going to the networking event. Stop going to a networking event with that mindset and start going with the mindset that you are looking for strategic partners who can help you grow your business and who you can help grow their business. You want strategic partners, strategic alliances so that you can grow your network and that is how you will be more effective in a networking uh, environment. It takes away that fear of competition and starts creating a, a sense of collaboration. And then you're not carpet bombing with your business card, which is the worst thing that you can do. This is what I do. This is what I do. Buy my thing. I sell pizza. You eat food. Everybody eats food. You need my pizza. Well, maybe I don't like pizza. I could have a lactose intolerance. Maybe I am celiac. I may not want pizza but I may know somebody who does want pizza. And so my last bit of advice for networking so that we can wrap this up quickly is to go not looking for client acquisition and actually uh, single yourself out. So when I go to a networking event, I usually start with the pain point. I don't even introduce myself because somebody would have probably said, Tyler, you're next. And I have a name tag. I would say something like, who here hates coming to these things? who here has social anxiety around it. Maybe you're an introvert and you can't stand speaking in public, but you know it's the way that you're going to get ahead, but you don't know how to do it effectively. If you want, I have a proven system that works great for introverts so that you can take the stage in a more commanding, more powerful way and feel comfortable talking with your audience about the things that need to be said. If that's of interest to you, I'll be over in the corner, come and talk to me. And by addressing their pain points, telling it in a story that I understand what they're doing and presenting a solution, the qualified people who need my services will come to me. And now I know the rest of the uh, networking event is not my ideal client. And I can work on finding those strategic partners and strategic alliances to help me and help them grow. Interesting. Let them come to you. I like it. And it's all about mindset too. Like you said, it's about having that giver's mindset as opposed to going in there looking to take something. So Great advice, Tyler. Thank you so much. And thanks for joining us today on Behind the Numbers and sharing your insights and experience with us. That is my joy and pleasure to be here, David. I'm looking forward to the next time you and I get to have a conversation. I can't wait. And let me know when you're going to be in our area because I'd love to get together with you in person. For you folks watching and listening, thank you so much. We can't do this show without your support. So thanks for joining us on Behind the Numbers. Wherever you're watching or listening, please hit the subscribe button so we can stay in contact with you and you can stay in contact with us. Until we talk again, I'm Dave Bookbinder. Take care.